Hey, this is Catherine Tabor, and you're listening to the FSF Podcast. Stay on the light side. The show you love, like Padme loved Anakin, red flags and all. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt crewman number 1424. She'll know that when she puts on the red shirt and joins the crew of the Enterprise in their struggle against the Separatist droid army, that she didn't leave her family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has her back and what's left of her royal robes. All right, guys, our guest today is an amazing actor and voice actor who has given voice to one of one of my favorite characters in the Star Wars Clone Wars universe, as well as her work on The Loud House. Uh, she's worked on Avengers Assemble, Guardians of the Galaxy, the animated series. And we could really keep going. There's a bunch of credits on her IMDb resume, and we're going to suss out which one of those are, are actual and which ones IMDb actually just kind of put in there for the funsies of it. But we're pretty sure the ones we named off are, are all actual and legit so far. But we are very excited and, well, super proud, too, to welcome Catherine Tabor to the FSF podcast. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you for having me. And that was a lovely introduction. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can quit now. She said it was lovely. I, 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 I absolutely just heard Padme when you said <laughs> yeah. that. I'm like, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to try and make sure that, that we get you some other questions other than just Padme stuff, but there's some Padme stuff coming up today, but um, because we are big star Wars fans, we're big nerds. I don't know if you can see in the behind me, but there's quite a bit of star Wars paraphernalias uh, in my collection. Um, yeah, so impressive. Star Wars. Yeah, well, thank you. Most <laughs> impressive. Uh, I've been a Star Wars fan for a very, very long time. And I must admit, I'm a kind of a big kid in a candy store whenever we get to have uh, somebody who is even Star Wars adjacent, much less someone who's been on one of the shows uh, and help bring things from my favorite galaxy far, far away uh, to life. So the one thing that I always want to know when it comes to Star Wars actors, writers, uh, whatever, what does it mean to you personally to be part of the Star Wars universe? And what was your entry point into the Star Wars fandom? You know, it's life-changing. It, it, it really is. I mean, it sort of shapes your life, actually. It's hard, especially if you're playing an iconic character uh, like Padme. It shapes your life. It shapes your career, which is exactly what it's done for me. Um, when my my entree into the Star Wars universe, however, was actually another character um, named Mission Veo. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my second voiceover audition ever. Uh, so in the voiceover realm, I had no idea what I was doing. But I was actually a Star Wars fan already. And we sort of used to joke that I was the biggest Star Wars fan, kind of in the animated family. And then Sam Witwer came along and like, all oh, that's wrong. No one, no one has a chance with him. <laughs> I know nothing compared to Sam. Um, so yeah, I was already a fan. And uh, I when I got the script for the character of Mission, we didn't have a lot of information. And I had no idea what I was doing anyway, so it wouldn't have helped. But I was just like, oh, she's kind of like a Han Solo-y um, Indiana Jones combo. Um, and so that's what I did. And uh, and uh, it seemed to work. And that was my that was my first Star Wars job. And then with Padme, um, 
I was very new still. And uh, I've told this story before, but it's just, it's the truth and it's really great. My agent at the time, whose name is Sandy, um, I didn't have, I didn't get an audition because no one knew who I was. I was new. And she called the casting director and was like, you actually have to see this girl. She, she is Padme. And, um, and the rest is sort of history. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I didn't, I, I did not know that. That's cool. I've seen so many of your other interviews uh, with you talking about that. And it's absolutely beautiful, which actually kind of leads me into the next thing. Uh, you mentioned that when you were doing your audition for Padme, you did something that none of the others did where you kind of ad lib that Annie at the end that won yeah. you that role. Yeah. So the question I have is, was there a process to getting into character was there music you listened to, mannerisms you kind of adopted to become Padme? I think that, um, I mean, I did more research. I already knew the character. Um, I did research, you know, just in Wikipedia about like, you know, history and stuff that was expanded that I might not know. Like she was on basically the mock UN for her planet. Okay. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, I did mock UN. I was Denmark. Um, <laughs> no, why? <laughs> but um, but so there's there's so much fun, interesting stuff you can you can expand upon. But I think I already knew the character pretty well. Um, and I think when my agent made that you know comment to the casting person that she was pretty, you know, it was pretty accurate. Not that I'm you know a senator slash previous queen on a foreign planet. Um, but there were just aspects about her character that she's she's feminine and, you know, likes pretty dresses, but also will pick up a blaster. Um, mm -hmm. She appreciates diplomacy when it works. She's not afraid, however, when it's not working to use aggressive negotiations. Um, <laughs> and so I think there were some of those things that just are inherently kind of like similar to my personality. So, um, yeah, and the the using the word Annie, I just in auditions in general and acting in general, and I have a couple of writer friends who are very annoyed by this. Uh, I like to add stuff and not change what's written, um, especially when it's so well written, but to add stuff that makes it feel more authentic to me. So um, even when I was doing the intro for you guys, I had to ad lib something. Oh, like, just had to. <laughs> I love it. We were great. very happy for it. <laughs> But yeah, occasionally absolutely. I'm doing like a commercial or something and they're like, could you just say the words that are there? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> Fine, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so a follow up to to Ben's question for me is and, I, and I've asked this of, of writers when they write about somebody who's an established character and they're and they're trying to bring that character to life on the, in the, the story of their books. Um for you bringing you know padme to animated life as as a voice actor do you find it harder to voice an established character or easier to voice an established character uh because of uh, you you know what you're looking for you know what you're expecting or is there pressure added onto that you know i think i would enjoy either um you know and ashley had such an amazing chance to voice Ahsoka and to be Ahsoka that had never been before. And the idea of that is really cool. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, 
I would be okay with either. The thing, the way that I always look at it, and I say this, is that like if you were doing Shakespeare and you were playing Ophelia, a bunch of other people have played that character and right. put their own spin on it. And you want to stay true to what is part of the story, especially if it's like an iconic story, which Star Wars is. You you mm-hmm. need to stay true to some of that. Like it would be really obnoxious if someone came in and tried to play Padme and made her just totally different, you know, like at that point, it's like write a different character then. Um, So, you know, there's, there's, it can be fun either way, but there's definitely more pressure when it comes to Star Wars. I mean, because you've just got this huge built-in fan base already, and they are going to tell you if you're not doing it the way that they think that you should. Um, And so I feel so blessed because I have been really embraced by Star Wars fans um our, our the clone wars in general have really really has and so uh it's an honor to play that character and then it's a relief when the fans <laughs> like what you're doing <laughs> that that's always a great part of it it's when they when everyone is happy with what you're doing yes or or uh, almost everyone i'm sure there's at least one person who is like she's annoying i don't like her but <laughs> there's always there's always one person there's especially always in this one. day and age yeah. In this day and age, you know, somebody didn't voice something the way that somebody thought they should, or they they didn't write the story the way they thought they should, or something. And yeah, you know, one of my first films that I ever did, um, which I did with Will Wheaton, by the way, that was oh, nice. Of, like I know you guys have talked to Will, um, and I was so new that I was read I read reviews afterwards, and it was a small little sweet movie, but someone was like, her Southern accent's so fake. And I was just like, dude, it's real. So that was my first. Oh, that's thing. awesome. Like, people will always <laughs> complain about stuff and very wrong. Very often they're wrong. So I love, nice. that, they were, I love <laughs> it that they were that wrong. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's real. It's real. That's, that's when it comes to, to most like YouTubers or voice actors or actors in general, the main thing is just don't read the comments. Yes. Yeah, yes. No. It's no, no, true. No. Ne- negatory. <laughs> I, uh, as a matter of fact, we've, we've interviewed a few authors recently and, and we were talking about the reviews on their books. And, and I, and I bring this up in light of this conversation we're having right now is that in, in the day and age we are in where the popular thing is to, to jump on something on the internet just because you can, in my opinion, a four-star review is a five-star. If you can get anything up near around a, a, a four-star, um, you're doing something right. And, right. you know, so, we, so, you know, we had, um, we recently spoke with Claudia Gray and uh, um, amazing author. Yeah. And she's written a few books, uh, you know, and even with as, as an amazing of an author as she is, she's, I was looking through some of the reviews. And I didn't mention this to her uh, last night while we were interviewing her, but uh, so one of, one of the reviews was just like, oh, you know, uh, what, how did how did they put it? Something about how uh, it was an un, unintelligent, unoriginal premise or something like that. And I was just like, okay, then you write the New York Times bestselling book and come back to me and tell. Let's see how you do, champ. Anyway. No, I actually think that's a really interesting point that, you know, is worth even talking about, because sometimes I think that people who aren't doing things, you know, Mm -hmm. forget that the people who are are human beings and think that it's sort of cool or fun to just be rude and negative. And it's so small and cowardly. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, if you have something 
constructive to say because you didn't like something, that's totally valid. And that can even be useful for people because if you say, oh, this this story leaned towards the romance of it, then, then maybe that's a helpful, you know, something right. for someone who's not interested in that. But just to go on and be just rudely critical of someone like Claudia, uh, it's really small and cowardly. And again, she's a human being um, on the other side. And sometimes, you know, we do read the comments. So it's just like, I kind of feel like if you wouldn't say something to someone's face, then you shouldn't write it in a review. Um, right. And, you know, and or if you're going to write it in a review, think about the way that you would say it if they were if you realized they were a human. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> um, and again, it's not like, you know, it's not like people don't have the right to say stuff. It's sure. just sometimes the way it's so childish and just like, it's like th they think that they're doing some kind of a zinger against someone and it just makes them look bad. So well, that's the a PSA is, for the day. <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, you know, cause it's one of the things we we've talked about this with, with other actors and writers, you know, about the fact that there's such uh, people feel that there's such power in the anonymity of the keyboard and a username and that yeah. they can say whatever they want. But just like you said, I, I think that if, if more people kind of took a step, uh, take a step back and said, okay, how would I want this thing said to me if it was yeah. my creation? Yeah. You know, I have, you know, like, so I, I'm, a, I'm a freelance writer as well. And I know that not every article that I've written is going to be well received and liked by, by everybody. I don't mind if somebody gives me criticism. You, you know, you don't like my article. You think my point was invalid. Please feel free to tell me why, but you know, use it in a, use it in a sentence where it's more than just you, you're an idiot. Right. Um, you know, right. tell me why I have no problem. I'm a big boy with big shoulders. I can, I can take being wrong. Uh, you know, I am quite often in fact. So, you know, shut up, Ben. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but you know, I wouldn't, so it, I wouldn't it's say all, quite often, but regularly. Uh, but yeah, it's all, it's all about the approach and how you bring it to you. Like, like when I was a kid, it, my mom always told me it's not what you say, it's how you say it. You know, I always and, look at it and I just think that when someone's behaving that way, that they're really unhappy. And I just oh, end sure. up instead of feeling like looking at what they're saying and going, oh, wow, I wonder if that's true. I'm just like, wow, you're really unhappy. And that's sad for you. Like, mm -hmm. so it's and it doesn't make, you know, I don't think I think people think being that kind of person is going to make them feel better. It doesn't make you feel better. It's not winning you anything. So constructive criticism is useful, just like aggressive negotiations are useful. Exactly. <laughs> love it. I love the term aggressive negotiations. Always okay. makes me happy. Uh, hey, so speaking of Padme and aggressive negotiations, uh, that's, that's as good of a segue as I got for you. Uh, one of my things, my favorite things about Padme, though, is that, uh, that she is such a strong character. And uh, since having a daughter... You know, I, I grew up I, as while raising her. I know what I'm trying to say, and it's going to come out eventually. Uh, <laughs> I was always looking for characters for her that she could look up to, like I looked up to Han Solo growing up. I always thought Han Solo was the coolest. I, he's still the coolest in my eyes. Harrison Ford is still my favorite actor. My son's middle name is Harrison. You know, I just nerd. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But she's a wonderful character in a lot of ways for, for young women to look up to. And because of the strength and the poise that she shows under pressure and all these wonderful things. At the same time, though, 
she has one heck of a blind spot for Anakin's red flags. I mean, just like she's got tunnel vision on just you know, anytime, uh, you know, that comes up. Was there ever a time when you were recording lines for her where you just looked at the script and you're like, girl, come on, really? This is what we're doing? I think I feel that a little more with Palpatine than I do with Anakin. Um, okay. But again, it's that we have the overview. Sure, sure. It's always easy to be the Monday morning quarterback on anything when you you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You see the overview. And then I remember how deceptive Palpatine is being, not just with her, but in, in mm-hmm. general. Oh, we should say spoiler alerts for anyone who hasn't seen Star Wars. So. It's been out long enough. It I has think. been out for a bit. I think I think we a could drop the minute. spoiler warning. It's been out um, for a hot minute. By the way, uh, Palpatine uh, is the Emperor, Chancellor Palpatine. Just in case you guys didn't know, <laughs> um, Captain Sparkle Fingers is the Emperor. So yeah. <laughs> but with Anakin, and one of the reasons that I love Clone Wars, um, and you know, I I feel this way about Hayden Christensen too. Like, if you can't see why Padme had blind spots when it comes to Anakin, then you're just not watching. Like, and it's, it's definitely easy to see outside of it and, and go, you know, I, I jokingly say she has bad taste in men, but does she really like, he's great. He turns to the dark side. Sure. That's a problem. But before that, I mean, he's great. He loves her. He loves his mom. He, 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 he loves his Padawan. He's a good guy who just, um, wants to be God, you know, wants to control things. And that is his downfall. That message is really like poignant just in general. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't think it's really shocking that she loves him and wants to see the best in him. Um, and especially, with the way that he got flushed out in Clone Wars and with the dashing Matt Lanter behind him. Um, sure. I mean, come on. <laughs> a thousand percent agree. A thousand he's, percent agree. He's a, he's a good looking dude. Yeah. But both him and Hayden, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I think that, I think that uh, the, the movies really didn't help the, the understanding of who Anakin was and why there was the attraction between Anakin and Padme. But I do agree with you, the Clone Wars, and I've said this about Clone Wars for about so many things in the Star Wars world, it helps explain that time period so definitively and helps us to understand characters at a much deeper level and seeing them, how they interact inside relationships, outside relationships, what led from this point to this point, how they how they got there. And really, it does show the descent of Anakin from being just this kid who's, you know, a Padawan and wants to, you know, do good in the world to being so so very manipulated by everyone around him yeah you know knowing um, exactly like his kryptonite and the places to you know to attach mm-hmm. him to 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 play on his his fears that are already there but i will push back on one thing um when sure. i watched the movies and i as a young female saw hayden christensen i assure you it was not hard for me to understand why padme <laughs> okay so from that perspective I, I yes mean, i got revenge of the sith when he wakes up in the bedroom. He's pretty dreamy is all I'm saying. I get it. I get it. Uh, The the, the analogy I like to use with Anakin is he is a good man with just one too many things taken away from him. Yeah. Yeah. He was pushed a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Manipulated, you know, so. But I've, I've never actually heard anyone mention that. 
with what you said about Padme getting more red flags from Palpatine. That that's the first like, time I think someone's yeah. ever brought up that point. I she was it. one of the oh. people that was around him the most. In it's an excellent episode, thought, honestly. I would see it. And and then again in Clone Wars, I mean, he's always like, My dear, we should maybe do this. And okay. You know, or he's, you know, sending her somewhere. And that one's harder for me to go, how can you not see? But that's life. Palpatine just accidentally sending her somewhere where there's a, an assassin nearby. Yep. Or look, there's right. Ventress and Dooku in the next room. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. I honestly, I had never thought about that uh, even a little bit until this conversation that there, that she should have seen red flags. I thought about that with about the Jedi Council, that they should have seen it, that, that they should have known, uh, especially, you know, with, you know, being force users and all that. But her having such a close relationship, also being from Naboo and all these different things, yeah, that makes that makes a whole lot of sense. I'm going to be thinking a lot about that uh, later yeah, today. Th this is going to be the Star Wars thought for the next exactly whoever right. Whoever knows how long It's just would it have been Padme that exposed him? Well, I always like make this joke, but it's not really a joke. Like that, there's you know going to be Star Wars 21, Queen Returns, and it's going to be that she's not dead. <laughs> She was playing him the entire time, and that Padme's truly been orchestrating everything from a distant planet. Just saying. I, th I think we're getting into Darth Jar Jar territory on that one. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> I'm just saying. Not saying. It's just saying. It could happen. Oh, no, it could. For, I, I mean, it actually in one of the Darth Vader comics. Padme does come back for a brief time, but it was a clone. Oh, wow. So it was it was a bit difficult <laughs> to she was she was I'm a optimistic. Again. What can I say? So there you go. <laughs> so this uh next question actually comes from my lovely wife Mimi. Uh so in all forms of acting, there's kind of kind of a give and take between the character and the actor. Was there something unexpected you learned uh, about yourself while playing Padme or honestly any of the other characters you've played? I mean, I think the characters that I've played that are my favorite, which is uh, Padme. Um, I really love the character of Pinello from Final Fantasy. Um, I really love Jesse from Minecraft. Uh, they are... What I realized actually was that I was always being cast as um, good characters. And even occasionally, if I played a bad character, they were the good, bad character who was, you know. And so that was, uh, it just made me go, you know what, I'm going to embrace this. You know, when you start acting, I think everyone thinks, oh, it'd be so cool to be Darth Vader. Um, and... I wanted to then go, you know what? I just want to make good characters cool and not annoying. Um, and so it just sort of reinforced, okay, yeah, that's like the persona that I have. And I should embrace that rather than being like, I want to be Darth Vader, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Dave did let me play a night sister. So that was fun. Um but generally speaking, just going, you know what, I'm I'm on the light side, you know, and I'm OK with that. And especially with kids, uh, I like the fact now that I can try to be a representative of that for kids so that maybe they could be like, I like that character. And mm -hmm. she's cool, even though she's good, because for whatever reason, it's always the bad guys who are like, oh, they're so cool. 
you know, with their black leather pants. <laughs> I mean, the dark side has capes. Well, they, the dark know. side can have capes too. And cookies. Mm-hmm. And cookies. They have yes. cookies. There you go. That's what we're, to- that's what we're told anyway. <laughs> well, I think it's good though that you recognize who and what you are. I think that's kind of important uh, because I think that informs a lot of choices, just not even just inside of the what you do for work, but I think that informs choices in, in the rest of your life, how you proceed, how you treat other people. I, I think that, you know, now with that being said, I've also talked to some actors who thrive on being the bad guy because they're super nice in real life and it gets them an opportunity to be the the bad guy, the jerk for that for that couple of minutes, you know, so that they could be continue being the good guy. Uh, that's the release, you know, the, the yeah. good guy out in real life. Yeah. But but yeah, I think that's really cool that you recognize that and you see that as that's something that, you know, informs the rest of what you do. I think that's really cool. Okay, so in an effort not to make this a complete and total Padme Palooza, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, that might be the episode title, Padme Palooza. I love it. Anyway, uh, I wanted to ask you about another one of your characters that has a pretty large following uh, as well, and that is, of course, your work as Lori Loud on The Loud House. Um, that's, you know, that's got quite the following. And uh, while stalking you, I mean, searching your social media pages, I see that you've received an awful lot of fan art uh, from people. And that was kind of cool. All these different pictures that people have either sent you either uh, through through mail or, you know, digitally as, you know, tagged you online that you were able to get or something that you were given at cons. So we talked about your connection to the Star Wars universe, but you have this connection with this this complete and total other universe, uh, the Loud House universe. What does that connection to the fans mean to you? And do you have a favorite piece of fan art that you've been given, uh, whether in person or digitally? Uh, my favorite Lori art is actually Lori um, dressed as other characters that I really love. So um, someone's done uh, one of her in a Princess Leia outfit, and someone's done one oh. of her in an Alice in Wonderland outfit. Um, so I love I love those. So like if they know things that I like and then they put Lori in those outfits, I think that that's really fun. Um, yeah, The Loud House is just uh, it's it's just such a great show with a really it, its own um, really adoring fan base. And we're so grateful for that. And again, Lori is the oldest in this family. And she was originally, especially with the young kids, you know, she could have fallen into the bossy realm. Um, And so it was really important to me to try to give her heart and make people understand that she was really a kind, loving older sister. Sometimes she was put in authority and then that meant she had to be in authority, but that her heart was really um, in the right place. And I think that that started to come through and that's, that's really fun. That's kind of like what I was talking about earlier that becomes a challenge. Like, how can you play this character and make them likable in ways that could easily go, you know, one direction or another, like a bossy sister who's bossy and you don't like her or like a good character can be too goody two shoes and they become annoying and you are like, yeah, shut up. So like the, the sort of um, the challenge as an actor to, to find these characters that could very easily go in one direction. And, and then how can I not have them go in that direction? And have people want to side with them anyway. So Lori's been great 
for that. And, um, and also her relationship with her boyfriend, Bobby, um, for anyone who doesn't know the show, who she calls Boo Boo Bear. And um, it works in the show, really. It does. Great name. Great <laughs> they name. have such a great love story, though. Like, it's one of my favorite love stories ever in even, like, live action TV. So it's just sweet. It gives everybody That's hope. That's cool. <laughs> and for, uh, Ben will now forevermore be known as Boo Boo Bear. Boo Boo Bear. No. Yes. Boo Boo Bear, Ben. Sorry. Not done. <laughs> this really anyway. isn't up to you, Ben. But thanks for thanks for trying. You said your wife's name is Mimi. Mimi, yes. Yeah. So Mimi and Boo Boo Bear Ben from now on. <laughs> Mimi and Boo Boo. Oh, this is going on the internet forever. Yes, oh. it is. I love this in so many Great ways. Great to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Tim. <laughs> so I'm just going to end the call now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, okay. Boo Boo Bear, don't be like that. Oh. <laughs> anyway, to get away from the Boo Boo Bear. Uh, <laughs> so we're talking about a lot of the characters that you really love and how they have different strengths and different personalities. Was there ever a moment in your life where you were in a situation where you kind of had to put the mask of that character on in real life? Hmm. I mean, I think... I guess a lot of times I've learned a lot from Padme um, with the diplomacy aspect, because uh, that would be something that I was sort of lacking. So I've I've learned more to be like, OK, well, what would what would you do if you were in a like a politician and, you know, a good I was gonna say the good kind, which I know might be an oxymoron, but <laughs> Pad, Padme is a good politician. She's a, yes. politician, she's a good person. So, you know, again, just even in dealing with situations with people and. I really want to say this, but that's probably not going to achieve the results that I want to. So what would Padme do here? Uh, and it's, it's, I, I've grown up with her because it's been 15 years, which is like, I mean, it is mind boggling that we did the show 15 years ago. We just celebrated the 15 year anniversary. It's mind boggling. It's, it seems don't, impossible. Don't say that. It makes me feel old. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but so I've grown up with her too and become more, you know, a little, a little less Leia and a little more Padme in situations where it's helpful. <laughs> That's fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, Very Padme fair. is just the definition of a strong woman. Yeah. Well, and oh, Leia yeah. is too, but Leia oh, is absolutely. the one who gets up in someone's face and tells them she recognized their foul stench when she got mm -hmm. on board. Which, I mean, we all appreciate, but... Maybe not the best thing to say to someone who could who literally like five minutes ago cut down twenty people without effort. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And was getting ready to push. You didn't know it, but getting ready to push the button on your home planet. But yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. exactly. <sighs> All right. So we also we oftentimes want to open our questions up to our our followers and listeners, and we got one submitted to us uh, that I thought I would put in front of you, and just to see what your response is. I think I already know the response, but I figured. Why not? We'll throw it out there, see what Catherine has to say about it. Uh, so this comes from uh, on uh, Instagram, actor Damon86official. It says, you must miss doing this part. He was talking about Padme. How fast would you say yes to returning if you had the opportunity, if you got the call? Yes. Okay, that's what go. I figured. I, I, I done. timed that at about 0.3 yeah, seconds. I mean, ab absolutely, but also... 
I have gotten to, because I did the E.K. Johnson uh, Padme trilogy for the audiobooks, it hasn't really been that long since I've been Padme. Um, uh, I did the first one from my, and I'm pointing this way because my studio is right there. People are like, why is she going like this? Um, uh, I did the first one. It was the second job that I did in my home studio when everything kind of shut down. And there was a lot of pressure because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm reading the Star Wars book from my house. I can say that now. The publisher probably would have been like, don't, don't say that at the time. But I had a, <laughs> I had a professional studio, but I wouldn't normally do a lengthy audiobook like that from home. I would go somewhere, there would be a director. And I had a director. I still had our our normal, wonderful, great director. Um, but yeah, I did it, it did it here. So I've and I did two after that, I think. So I've been Padme in the last several years. But yes, I would literally leave right now like some something from like a um Bugs Bunny cartoon. You'd see like the spinning it's the dust and the paper spinning up behind you. You get yep. the the Filoni text and just be like, bye. Yep. <laughs> just the Filoni bat signal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Would that be just a cowboy hat in the sky? <laughs> a cowboy hat in the sky. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. And with uh, a wolf cry. With a wolf cry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would say, or a picture of his dog, or a silhouette of his dog, Wolfie. Yep. So. All right. So, uh, Catherine, I almost said all, I almost called you Padme there. Um, you know what? A uh, lot of people do and a lot of fans actually do. So I'm I'm kind of used to it. Yeah, it almost I was like I was like, so pet Catherine, um, <laughs> <laughs> we like to end our show on what we call our silly question. Now, we used to ask a variety of silly questions for a while, but we decided for the next little bit, we're going to settle in on this one because we thought, you know what? I, we used to get asked this question when we were kids, and nobody asked this of adults anymore, and we think it's a shame. We think it should be asked. Catherine Tabor, what's your favorite dinosaur? That's hard because I, you know that, that well, maybe it's a song that was made up, I know. There was a dinosaur song that I used to sing that goes like, pterodactyl, pterodactyl, Tyrannosaurus rex. Mm-hmm. You know the song? Yep. And then it goes, Brontosaurus, Brontosaurus, dinosaurs are extinct. Dinosaurs are extinct. <laughs> the one I know didn't end like that. Oh. Well, um, so then I'm like, oh my gosh, what is my favorite dinosaur? <sighs> Tim's dying oh, yes. in the corner. I'm like, I love it. <laughs> dinosaurs are extinct. <laughs> I really like this is hard because I can make an argument for I can make an argument for brontosaurus. I can make an argument for a T-Rex. Maybe there's one that I would like better that I don't even know the name of it. I'll um, tell you I mine. Can give you, oh, yeah. Let's have Tim's my, first. Yeah, tell me yours. Tell me yours. Mine's the Triceratops. What is that? Because when I was a, that's the one with the three horns on the head and it's got the big like shell thing around it. Like kind of a rhino body exactly and that's and that's why when i was a kid that's why i liked because i always thought rhinos were really cool and i was like oh this is like a three times the the rhino and so you know i like that what about you boo boo bear (laughs) so my favorite dinosaur is the ankylosaurus uh it's kind of like this low to the ground very heavily armored dinosaur uh and the reason it's called an ankylosaurus is because on its tail is this big lump of kind of a chitinous plate 
that it would use to whack the ankles of anything trying to kill it, hence Ankylosaurus, and it would whack them in the ankle, twist it, and then they would run away. That's hardcore. Now, I, th- I think I have one you might enjoy. Okay, please. It's called the Therizinosaur. Okay. And it translates to tickle chicken. <laughs> it is a predator, and it has 12-inch long claws. So it has these massive fingers. Uh, so just the name of it being like tickle chicken. Is and it it's little? roughly No, it's like 20 feet tall. Is, is oh. that the one that they, they just showed that in the last uh, Jurassic uh, World movie, uh, Dominion? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it, w- it was in Jurassic World. Uh, that is scary as hell. <laughs> it is, and it's called a tickle chicken. Okay, that's my favorite. So that's my favorite, and I'm sticking with it. Yeah, when that thing came on screen, I was like, oh my god, it's a prehistoric wolverine. I mean, this thing's got claws. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's scary. My favorite. Thank you. But it has such an unassuming name. Thank you, chicken. You're very helpful. Uh... <laughs> this is this, hang on hang on it's a padme palooza what are you gonna do <sighs> i'm gonna oh. try and you're gonna leave <laughs> no you're there you go i changed my name in it <laughs> oh it's <laughs> there you go boo-boo it's boo boo bear now it's nice. officially boo boo bear nice Perfect. Uh, fantastic. So, Catherine, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, where can our listeners go to find more about you and uh, more about your work? Um, mostly, um, I am on Instagram, which is just at Cat Tabor because someone already had Catherine Tabor, um, which is fine because lots of people call me Cat. Uh, I'm on Twitter slash X at the same place, but I like Instagram the best because I like. Uh, photos um and then you can go to my website which i occasionally get really good about updating and then sometimes it's not so you can go one way or the other and um currently uh you can find me as silver banshee on my adventures with superman um the new really really adorable wonderful animated series if you haven't watched it it's great. Like, it's just great. It has that feeling of the old Superman movies. It's just, I mean, I'm so happy to be even a little part of it because I really, really love the show. And it's again, something right now, like with, with kids, you know, and adults, I can say, you can watch this. It's good. Like there's good stuff in it. And, um, yeah, I just adore it. It look it looks beautiful. It's got like a speed racer look to it. Um, and uh, yes, so I I am such a fan of the new Superman show. And mm-hmm. the moment I heard Silver Banshee, I'm like, why is that voice familiar? And then there you are. I'm yeah. so happy. It's so it's such. I mean, and you know, I know people say that about stuff they're working on, but I'm I'm a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I just, I love the acting. I love the way it looks. Um, I'm just excited. I'm excited about the vibe of the show. And again, it's just, it's not like sappy happy, um, but it's just good and nice. And um, yeah, I'm going to watch an episode tonight, Friday night. 
There you go. <laughs> oh yeah, it does. It does have a new episode out. I gotta catch. Like up. talk about a nerd. I'm about. To, I just told you I'm gonna watch a cartoon on a Friday night. So. I love it. With some wine. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. We'll make sure to get all those uh, put into the description below, so our listeners can go find you. Uh, absolutely. And uh, hey, before we before we get into this next part, Ben, make sure that fr- uh, people know where they can find you on the interwebs. Oh, yeah. You can find me at Hardy underscore healer on TikTok. That's kind of where I post a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I am also not as great as I would like to be at updating all my social medias. But you can find me at Hardy underscore healer at pretty much everything. So there we go. All right, guys, we want to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Catherine Tiber here today, uh, the voice of Padme Amidala and uh, and so many other cool things like Lori Loud from the Loud House. And that gives you these funny moments uh, for you to be able to listen to. And if you hadn't tuned in today, you would have missed the naming of Boo Boo Bear. So please subscribe. It helps well more than you're ever going to know. And check out Catherine's work. And please go check out Boo Boo Bear's work as well at Hardy yeah. underscore Healer. You're welcome, Ben. But if for whatever reason you are not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That, of course, is Chancellor Palpatine. He looks to be just a nice older gentleman from Naboo until you make a mistake, and he has been known to get his dander up from time to time. So send in your complaint form in triplicate because he is still a government official, and we all know how governments love paperwork. So once your complaints have arrived, he will assign one of his many guards available to dispatch the offender, depending on the severity of the fence that may determine the level of response given. And since we aren't very good podcasters and prone to error, we just want to say so long and thanks for the fish. All right, guys, that's going to wrap us up today for the FSF podcast. Catherine, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. Thank you guys. It was really fun. It was a great way to start a Friday evening. Now I'm awesome. going to watch cartoons and drink wine. That sounds like a great good finish day, too. Good day. All right, guys. Goodbye. Copyright 2023 FSF Podcast. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by FSF Podcast. The views expressed by the guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at info at fsfpodcast.com. Original music by Jordan Michaels. 